Hello, and thank you for being a listener to General Order 4. If you have not yet listened to the last episode called Open Churchwide Interview Part 1, I recommend you go back and listen to that one first before listening to this episode. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy. So I come out uh, of the program gung-ho about just letting people know, hey, you guys are not sin, you guys are you guys love Christ, but how do you love Christ? Why do you love Christ? Really was not there. So going for this discipleship, it systematically put things in perspective, uh, just like Jesus did. Jesus met people where they were at. We also need to do the same, meet people where they're at. Thank you for listening to this episode of General Order 4. This is part two of an interview we began on the last episode with the church that Pastor Stewart pastors. And I didn't even say at the beginning of the podcast, but we got a couple of a couple of special guests, uh, guys that are planting churches in Colorado. If you guys can introduce yourselves and then um, and, and kind of talk about that for a minute, if you could, about the effort that you have and, and, and you're trying to plant a church, you're trying to win people, obviously, but the eventual goal is to see those people become self-sustaining. So, so um, just talk about that for a minute and introduce yourself and talk about that. All right. Well, I'll introduce myself. I'm Justin and I pastor in Lyons, Colorado. Um, and we're just starting a fresh church plant. Um, so a lot of what we're doing is we spend a lot of time, especially um, with how our country state is right now, um, either getting coffee and talking to people that are outside or getting things like ice cream and just really being involved with people and just introducing them where they're at. Um, and my wife and I have uh, really been in the area of Lions um, starting the beginning of this year. Um, and really just uh, directed that. But our focus has really shifted to doing Bible studies, forced to see the people saved. And then we have a huge passion for discipleship because our primary job as ministers is to build our people up for the ministry of Jesus Christ. Right. And when we look at that as a church plant, that means it's not just my wife and I's responsibility to reach a town or to reach an area, but it's a responsibility of the people that we lead to the Lord to do that too. And um, one of our passions in discipleship just came about because there was a huge need of a way for us to train our people in order to actually be involved in the ministry of Jesus Christ alongside of us. I'm Brian, and I, Brian Ricker, I'm a pastor of First Baptist Church in, in Lafayette, Colorado, and um, we've been there almost three years. We have an older congregation there, and uh, going into the position of pastor at first, uh, was a daunting thought of pastoring people that were some literally, you know, twice plus my age. Sure. Um, and uh, a, a couple almost triple my age, <laughs> and trying to teach them the things of God. And and uh, we are in. It, it's been an interesting dynamic to see, uh, even a group of older folks that have even been faithful in church most of their life and some of them still uh, just almost as babes in Christ and not being able to see and understand the need uh, for involvement in ministry just the idea that this 
this pastor as a younger man is going to come in and save the church. And he's going to move us forward and he's going to lead us on. The church had no real involvement in that. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the pastor that would, would, would move on to the next generation. And so we've come in and, and I was really just asking the Lord to show me and teach me how to lead people and being in a needy area, how to counsel people and teach people. And I then was introduced to uh, this Brother Stewart and, and the discipleship format of ministry, which answered some of the needs that I had that I kind of recognized and other needs that it's opened up. I realized I had no clue that were a need in my life in ministry. And after being a youth pastor almost 10 years, uh, I feel like I'm learning all over again. And even after Bible college and, and ministry, really, and, and, and spent some time there, everything's new. Mm-hmm. And this has opened it up because now I have a desire to see even our older members to continue to learn and grow and to see even a fresh joy and a fresh zeal in serving the Lord right. as they learn these same truths, but then also to begin developing and setting the, the stage for the next generation. And so that's been some of what we've seen and what we're doing. You said the word develop multiple times when you were talking just now, and I was thinking that as you were talking about that about that word because that is that is exactly what you're trying to accomplish in discipleship and if you're a, if you're a, a pastor especially that is your entire goal as the pastor is not just to see people saved but to see those people develop and mature right um, Colorado is an is its own beast you know it's it's a whole different monster from the rest of the country it really is and um, everything's a lot more spread out and they're the people are a lot more spread out and they kind of have their own way of life you know hey, talk to us a little bit about the unique challenges that you have just in that area um, and maybe how that pertains to discipleship okay well we we touched a little bit on it with the church last night um, but we have a lot of um, satanic influence in our area witchcraft mm. and uh, that the atheistic stronghold that's there and it's uh, heavily involved with drugs Mm. and uh, alcohol is is a big part of that as well Um, so I think that at least in my mind has been part of uh, preparation and just understanding we just need to be solid and founded in the truth of, of the Word of God and doctrine as we go out into the highways and byways of the area and have a clear message to people um, sure. beyond the normal needs of life, the, the loss and, you know, beyond anger and, and dealing with the circumstances and, you know, those things, it's a real stronghold of Satan. So um, just being uh, better developed in my own walk with the Lord sure. um, to be able to even approach that. And the impact that it would have if you have somebody that comes out of that, who receives the gospel, but not only gets saved, then the coin flips and they become an influence in their own community, able to reach people that you would have no influence over. Mm-hmm. But they can't do that until somebody teaches them to do that. You know, Which I believe we have with a... a a gentleman that's just a few years younger than me that I was able to lead the Lord last summer, and I'm now working through discipleship with him, and and uh, I could see God moving him on in ministry, but at the same time he he is as he's being 
as he's growing in the Lord, uh, there is a desire developing in him for the community. Sure. So, uh, you know, we don't know how that'll turn out yet, but that's kind of the, the yeah, desire in that direction. That's great. Uh, same question for you, brother. Um, to add to that, I would say um, not just Colorado, um, but we see it in other parts of the country, but we'll specify it's Colorado. We deal with a very atheistic pool. Sure. Or even an agnostic pool. So that's either saying that there is not and cannot be a God belief or that there could be a God, but he set things into motion and walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that creates is it creates this uh, huge uh, vacuum, a void in the people's life, which we see them go into witchcraft, into Satanism. And the other uh, thing that he didn't mention on that is we see it go into a lot of a holistic or um, worship of nature mm-hmm. and we see a lot of that in our area as well and it's uh, clearly described if you think of it in the book of Romans it says that they worship the creation instead of the creator right and it's very common in our area for us to see that um, then one of our other big hurdles obviously um, is with the the alcohol or the marijuana especially in our area I mean our town is under 3,000 people, and we have seven dispensaries just right there. We have three distilleries um, in our town, and that doesn't count the bars and the other areas that serve people. Mm. So our people are uh, stooped or they're um, overwhelmed in in sin. Um, sure. And we'll call it what it is, just at its root, in sin. So for us, we have to take them from an atheistic standpoint first and really get them to that gospel point. And in some people's life, that can take time. So it's kind of like we're discipling before we're discipling. Mm -hmm. So it's a pre-discipleship discipleship. discipleship. Um, Obviously, the goal of discipleship is taking a saved person to maturity. But prior to that, I mean, we're building relationships, discipling people right off the bat to get them to the point of accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sure. And uh, in Colorado, we have them getting pulled every direction except for the church. And what they're being taught is the church is evil, the church is our enemy, the church is against us, and that's a very common belief in our area, but it's something that the Word of God can change. Sure. In the political debate world, they call that breaking down the wall. Yes. Um, Because you really do. you got to get through the mass of things that they have built up in their life that's keeping them from accepting truth, right? Right. Um, And so you do. you You have to mine through that before you can get to the heart of the matter with people often. So that's, that's really good. And I know in, in the Northwest in general, things are just so spread out. I mean, the, as far as from between churches, between the ability to, with pastors to be able to fellowship with one another, and, and, and that kind of thing is almost missing out there. So that's a real challenge for sure, especially as church planters, you know, and you're, you're trying to get something going. Um, and you don't have anybody around to help, really. Right. And so it's, it, it's, it's good that you have connections with people like, like Pastor Stewart that can help you work through some of these things. And um, so that's, that's great. I believe you guys have your own questions um, that you can ask to people. So whoever wants to go first and, and fire away. So I'll kind of piggyback on something that was already started to be mentioned by, I believe, uh, Peter. Um, in being discipled um, as a group, and obviously we're gonna answer individually, so it'll be on an individual level. Um, How has being discipled and grown in Christ through a organized discipleship helped you in your ministry or your portion of the Great Commission? In other words, reaching other people for Christ. My name is Craig. Uh, 
I'll start with a story that uh, I was familiar with the term discipleship uh, very quickly after getting saved before I came to this church. Uh, very different definition and understanding of what the word was and what it means to me now. But I remember um, that I had somebody discipling me, quote unquote. And really what that was, it was sort of like a Bible study like Dwight was mentioning earlier. It was just, it was meeting up with someone, but it was on a one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. And the very next year, this is before I started discipleship here, or maybe around the same time when I started beginning it, I started to disciple somebody else in my fraternity house where I got saved. And to me, what that meant at that time was I just meet up with them, open up the Bible, and figure it out. And so I remember specifically starting discipleship with a young man. I was told hey, by leadership in the uh, uh, Christian organization that I was involved with on campus saying, hey, you need to disciple this guy. I felt so ill-prepared, and I was, but I literally went up to him and said, hey, I'm supposed to disciple you. He said, okay, great. And so the next week we met, and I, we, we sat down in, in our dorm room. We sort of just looked at each other, and I said, so what do you want to look at? And that was, I was supposed to be discipling this guy, and I'm asking him what we should do. So it tells you how ill-equipped I was at that time. Um, How it's helped me now is, I mean, I I was very introverted, shy. I I didn't like group settings. Um, I avoided really talking to me with people before knowing Christ. Um, And how that's helped, and how God has helped me, and how discipleship has helped me is... I mean, it's, it's so necessary because it's helped me grow in my personal walk with the Lord that um, woe is me if I don't share that with somebody else. And so it's really given me the confidence, not myself, but confidence in the Lord that, man, I've seen how much I have changed. That's evidence enough that, man, there's something to this. Sure. And, uh, and the necessity to, and I'm, I'm a salesman in my, in my day-to-day business, I'm not selling anything. I don't have to say, hey, do you want to buy this? It's, it's, I plant seeds, and I, I, I genuinely tell people, this is so awesome. I've experienced it. Man, I'll, I'll offer it to you, but if I have to sell this to you, there's something wrong with both of us, because this, this thing is so awesome. So I just, me and Dwight were just talking before this, too, that he was saying he, uh, he ministered to someone today without knowing he ministered to someone. Uh, but it, but it was because it just came up naturally in his day to day conversation, and the same thing with me. It just it comes up naturally, just like and it ought to. Yeah, it's who Christ has made me. I don't really have to think about it because it's it's not what I do. It is it's who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's really helped me in that regard. That's great. Does anybody else want to answer that question? Dwight. Just listen to what Craig said. Kind of brings things to mind. Also, before I came here, um, before salvation. I had a sin in my life that was really just life dominating. Uh, and it took me going into a, a program, a faith-based program uh, in the area to really kind of separate myself from that. Uh, one of the good things about the program was they told us that the program wasn't going to save people. It wasn't going to be somebody telling me that I have a problem that's going to save people. It's going to be Christ that's going to save people. So they really gave us an organized opportunity to do that. But in that, they were not the church. Sure. Um, so they guided us towards Christ. In that program, uh, I did get saved. I came to the Lord in uh, 2019 because of it. But um, they really laid down um, not so great of a foundation, I guess. Um, so really the discipleship that we're doing 
here filled in a lot of gaps. What I mean by that and how it helps me in ministry now is coming right out of the program, I was all gung-ho about sin and calling it out. And I even have, I can pull out scripture to back it up. This is what scripture says to do. But I'm forgetting the other parts of scripture that do it gently. And really, without salvation, who's going to care about their sin? And who's going to convict them of that? So I come out uh, of the program gung-ho about just letting people know, hey, you guys are in sin, you guys are, you guys need Christ, but how do you need Christ? Why do you need Christ? Really was not there. So going for this discipleship, it systematically put things in perspective, uh, just like Jesus did. Jesus met people where they were at. We also need to do the same, meet people where they're at. I can't come to somebody and tell them about their issues like you guys had stuff in Colorado witchcraft and everything else. We can't go to them and say, witchcraft is a sin, this and you guys need Jesus, but it establishing a relationship first and really recognizing their need. Mm-hmm. And at first, their need is for salvation. So it helped me in uh, ministering to others is seeing where they're at, meeting where they're at, and really trying to help guide them to that need. For sure, purpose. sure. I know in my own life, I, I, I had a, a situation at work um, I don't know, probably three years ago or so now. But I had a guy who was genuinely interested. He wasn't just trying to nitpick questions, but he asked me, because he, he's familiar with, his wife was a Christian, so he's familiar with the Bible somewhat. And he said, why did God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place? And if, if you haven't thought about that kind of thing or even studied it out, that could be a question that someone wouldn't know how to answer, and then that would put off the other person being like, I came to a Christian, I asked a question, and they didn't have an answer for me, you know? And so that, that disciple process, discipleship process could be something that would help, you know? And thankfully, in that instance, the Lord gave me an avenue to bring it back to the gospel by saying he needed man, he wanted man to have a choice. And I said, you still have a choice. You know, I was able to bring it around to the gospel. But um, to the average person who gets saved in church, how do they answer that question? You know, and to what you said, going to those people, you needed those gaps filled in order to be an effective witness. So that was a great answer. One thing, many of my questions have been answered, really. But one thing I would like to know from a group of people, a church body that has... and. Um, been discipled and worked with one-on-one and you've seen it, uh, the discipleship process in your life, how has that affected the way you see church as in general, how you see your church and your involvement in church and your other, the other church members based upon what you used to think of church? How has that changed your perspective of just being a part of a church body, if at all? <laughs> this is Joe again. I, uh, when I was finishing up the discipleship, I knew that my pastor, my disciple, was going to ask me sometime to disciple someone. And uh, I uh, was very apprehensive. The main thing that crossed my mind was I don't want to mislead anyone. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell someone something that isn't in the scriptures, that isn't according to God's law. So going through discipleship, 
uh, I was taught how to find the scriptures in the Bible to answer questions. For yourself. For myself. And as these questions started coming back to me when I was discipling, they just came back to my mind, you know, because I had been taught that and I had been showing that. And I had a, a, a program that was structured so that I knew where to go to find those scriptures. And that put my mind so much at ease because of farthest thing from that I wanted to do in my mind was to mislead someone. Sure. Mm -hmm. So it has given me confidence and uh, it's, it's very uh, heartwarming to be able to point out scriptures in the Bible that will answer people's questions. And it's God's word and Christ's word and it's not my word. Great. I appreciate that one. One of my biggest fears of stepping into the role of pastor was counseling because I never knew what was coming my way. And I, I have a, a mind that's not quickly able to recall things even from scripture, even if they're familiar, just trying to figure out where to look. And discipleship has given me that same kind of confidence as a pastor. And it has also, in a sense, shrunk the Bible a little bit um, as I'm going through it and learning it. Um, to um, simplify, you know, the, the truth throughout Scripture and uh, then to give me that foundation. Uh, so I appreciate that. Hi, I'm Ashley. Um, I'm currently being discipled, but I know when I first came here, um, it was a little odd. Everything was odd. I'm used to going to a big church where you can sit in the back, mm -hmm. enjoy your Sunday, and then go have lunch, you know? <laughs> and so coming here, it was very um, different. It, it took a while for me to get comfortable. But um, now that I'm getting discipled, I see what our duty is as Christians, you know? And with Pastor up here, I understand what he's talking about now and what it is, what job we have to do as, you know, a community, as a church, as everything. I mean, it's just opened my eyes to, it. there's actually something bigger, you know, and um, the love and care and just the one-on-one -on -one to where if you don't understand, you can ask your question. And uh, like some of them have said, I mean, if you need to slow down, they'll slow down with you. And everything, just getting that understanding and the love and care through it all. Sure. I mean, it's totally different as a church. I mean, it's amazing. So it, it's definitely different for me. And it keeps people from slipping through those cracks. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. I've, been, I've talked to so many pastors as I've traveled around the country on deputation. And one of the things that I've heard multiple people say is they then they'll say it to their whole congregation. Um, go and greet the new visitors. We don't want anybody to slip through the cracks. But somebody saying hi doesn't keep them from slipping through the cracks. You know, somebody, you have to invest in those people. There were times where, you know, I wish someone would come up and say something to me. You know, like, sure. I needed someone to do that. And I just didn't have the courage to do it. Mm -hmm. And so coming here, it was like arms wide open, you know, and this is what you need to know. And, we're going to teach you. And you always at least had that one person that you could go to for any questions or, or comfort or anything you needed. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you.
I know my, my wife actually really opened this up to me, but just talking about teaching our kids about developing a culture of learning in the house. Um, and that how, if you've developed that culture of learning in the house, then it teaches the kids to have a desire to learn for themselves. So school no longer really is a problem because they have a desire to learn. And I think the same thing is true in churches. You develop through discipleship a culture of learning, a culture where everybody in the church has a desire to learn. And when they have learned something, they have a desire to share. And so everybody is helping everybody. And you've developed this culture of learning within the church itself. And it works the same way. And what you're describing is a church that you've come into the doors of, and everybody there genuinely has a desire to see you grow. And so you don't slip through the cracks. And that's, that's really cool. Go ahead, Miss Cindy. I know once I started discipleship, before that I was coming, you know, I was coming on Sundays morning and night and I was coming on Wednesdays and when things were going on but but now it's it's not just being there it's when we're there we notice the rest of our church family it's a family and it's we notice if somebody's needing prayer we notice if somebody's just not acting their self you know if we need to go talk to them we're supposed to edify and lift each other up and encourage each other and if we're not here or there um then how can we do that you know part of the body's missing and they can't do that for us we can't do that for them and and on those times when i have missed if i've been sick or something like that it's I know I'm missing something. I know there's something that God has for me that I'm not going to get because I wasn't there. Even if I get somebody's notes or something like that, it's, it's not the same. God has something special for me when I'm there and, and he may have something for me to do for somebody else. And if I'm not there, how can that happen? So it's just, you know, it's really brought up that importance of being there and being there for each other and knowing, you know, to pray for each other and, and, and to pray for our pastor and, and to watch people and see if there's a difference to see if there's a need, even if they may not say something, you know, we're supposed to be alert for those things. So it's just, it's just made that so much more real, you know, that that's so important that God's given us that responsibility and we're supposed to, to do that yeah it's almost like uh it's almost like that's something that happened accidentally you know where just hearing you talk about it it's because the way what you talked about earlier when you when you were saying how you didn't have anybody to teach you the bible and you were actively seeking after that you were talking about you needing to learn but now you're talking about the opposite you're talking about you keeping an eye out and making sure everybody else doesn't have a need that you can help fill. And that's the goal. We want to get you to that point where you have a desire to help other people grow. Yeah. And so without meaning to, you just answered a serious question. And that is, how do you get the, the people to take the responsibility for each other as a family does? And the answer is those individual people have to be taught 
and trained in the scripture and then they do it on their own. So thank you, that's great. Thank you for listening to this episode of General Order 4. Next week, we will finish this interview with Pastor Stewart's church. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us by email at generalorder4 at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R. Or on Twitter, at General Order the number 4. Please like, share, and subscribe.